CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's your money and your life with Don Cash and myself here to talk investing, finance, retirement, and what is ESG investing. We're going to dive into that. Don's going to share some, uh, shed some light onto this for us. Uh, so that's going to be the topic of conversation this week on the podcast. And as always, if you need help, make sure you reach out to a qualified professional like Don. Before you take any action, he is a CPA and a CFP at DonaldCash.com. Don, my friend, what is going on? March is here. It comes in like a lion, out like a lamb. You know, well, something like that anyway. <laughs> so how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, so far it's uh, all lamb and no lion, right? There, there you go. Yeah, that's the case. At least that's the case for us in the Northeast. But have you seen these photos from Los Angeles? They've had like record snowfall. I saw a picture of the mountaintops around LA and they're completely yeah. snow covered. Yeah. So it feels more like California weather here. It's wild. Yeah. All the flooding they had a few weeks back, you know, they drought, drought, drought. And then Mother Nature, you know, says, okay, here you go, you know. And gives them lots of rain and lots of snow, and they they're not really equipped for it. But at least that I saw something that said half of the state is no longer in drought conditions, so that's good. Uh, yeah, it's good for them for sure. But yeah. uh, I, you know, I know at least here I look forward to March every year. Daylight savings time uh, starts this week. That's and right. All of a sudden, the sunset is at seven o'clock. Right? It wasn't too long ago. It was like four thirty or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And spring training baseball is upon us and uh, NCAA basketball tournament starts not too long in mid-March. I know you're more of a basketball guy than baseball, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say I'm probably even more of a hockey guy than even than even basketball, but my brother's oh, really? a huge basketball fan because he's a big uh, Tar Heel fan. So. Uh, and they're not playing so great this year, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, I, I'm more of a baseball guy I know, than, I know. than basketball. Two years ago, I went to uh, Met spring training That's right, yeah. with my son about, about this time of year and you know, if you're a baseball fan, I always recommend, I suggest that you put Florida or Arizona on your March spring training baseball on your must-to-do list. I mean, it, it's a total blast just, to, you know, hanging out in the sun after a cold winter and just hearing the crack of the bat and smelling the fresh grass. I mean, there's really nothing like it. Yeah, very true. I will say, though, even though I'm not a big baseball fan, I do have a couple of stadiums on my bucket list to go visit. I think that's just kind of part of the the classic. Some of that's kind of a classic American experience, right, to maybe go to, to Wrigley or to Fenway you know, or even Yankee Stadium kind of thing. So, oh yeah, it's a total guy thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, let's let's tackle this thing that's going on. It's all over the news right now. We're taping this podcast here early, early March, and uh, the financial news has been gaining a lot of traction and, and stuff with the with the public. And it's called ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. Uh, it's a hot issue on Wall Street. Obviously, as well in the uh, in the White House and in Congress, and it affects many 401ks and even IRA investors. So, a few questions for you, Don, for you to break down for us this week on the podcast. What is it? How might it affect us? Good or bad? Is it good or bad? Uh, and all that good kind of stuff. So, first, tell us a little bit more about what it is. Yeah, it's Mark. It's amazing how few people know about this. We were talking about this off air. It, it potentially affects like sixty trillion dollars and assets. So one way or another, it's likely to in, impact your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't know what it is, you really need to pay attention. So as you mentioned, the ESG stands for environmental, social, and 
corporate governance. And it's sort of a way to screen out investments, Mark, based upon certain criteria. So you can avoid investing in companies that really don't fit into your definition of being environmentally or socially sound. Let's put it that way. Okay. So yeah, I've heard like of these mutual funds that only invest in, you know, the quote unquote green energy companies like solar, right? Or wind or hydro or even religious uh, and faith-based investing that avoid certain types of business. So is that kind of what we're talking about? You know, it can be part of it, Mark, but it's really much bigger than that. Okay. So this idea of using your financial clout to affect change, it goes way back into like the 1970s and 80s. And back then there was this big financial and social movement. I remember on my college campus to divest from South Africa. I'm not sure if you remember that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but back then, South Africa was what they call an apartheid state. And Nelson Mandela, who later became the president, was in jail since like the 1960s. And there was this movement not to invest, but to disinvest, or eventually they called it divest from the country. So many university endowments pulled money from South African companies. And eventually that government collapsed and Mandela was freed, became president in 1980. And uh, the apartheid state uh, ended. Yeah. Yeah. 90, right? 1990. Correct. Yeah. And so that, I mean, obviously that's going back a ways. So when did the current, I guess, divest or ESG movement start? Yeah, really in earnest, Mark, about 20 years ago, this term ESG started by the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And it's grown from what you would describe a corporate social responsibility initiative that they launched by the UN into this mega global movement as you mentioned before, representing more than $60 trillion in assets under management. you know, And now there's a lot of power and a lot of money in this wave of investing. And big companies involved with it are names that people heard of, like Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street. And these are really the biggest asset managers in many 401k plans. But something happened recently that really might shift the entire path of this ESG investing. The biggest asset manager, Vanguard, withdrew from something called the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative, which is a really a major ESG organization. Hmm. I mean, $60 trillion, I mean, that's that's big dollars, man. That's that's pretty you know, mind-blowing, really, right? Uh, and so, I mean, I certainly can see why companies want to get in on a share of that. So why do you think this Vanguard uh, pullout happened? Yeah, I'll get into that in a minute, Mark, but first, a little bit of elaboration on how the money is made okay. by these mega companies. And you hit the nail on the head. There's a ton of money. Just think about like a, you know, like a fraction of a percent of $60 trillion. And I have to like get my calculator out to do the I mean, math. Yeah, I mean, it's that. double our national debt. That's exactly right. Which is massive. So, so. Yeah, think about that. Given the advent over the years of uh, index investing, the cost of investing has gotten lower and lower and lower, and the management fees that these investment companies have been going down for years. They call it in the industry race to the bottom. It's like it gets down to like as low as possible. So, you know, enter these ESG funds, this movement, and since there's a strong emotional element, people often overlook the high costs that are associated with investing. So if an investor is really interested in an issue like, you know, climate change, for instance, and is inclined to avoid investing in any fossil fuel 
related industries like maybe traditional automotive car industry petroleum or manufacturing mm -hmm. that person is more attracted to an esg fund and you know think about it after all if you think you're investing money in something that's going to save the planet i mean how concerned are you really about the fees that's what they're thinking oh uh, yeah okay i see that yeah so how do the management fees i guess compare with a typical index style fund well, this is where the money's made, Mark. They're, they can be 10 times higher <laughs> than the typical index fund. I mean, there's actually three problems with this. I mean, first of all, we have to kind of dispel a common fallacy. Just think about this. When you own a company, like stock in a company like Apple, mm -hmm. you're not buying the stock from Apple, the company that makes iPhones and watches and laptops. You're buying the stock from another person, another investor of Apple stock. That's selling you the stock. Mm. And when you're selling it, you're selling it to another individual, right? So if I buy the stock, I might be buying it from you, Mark. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying it from Apple. That's a good point. So that, yeah, so it's a fallacy that has to be overcome. People think they're investing in the company and they're they're putting money in that company. They're really not. Yeah. They're buying it from other people who are selling it. So, you know, when so the point is when you're investing in an ESG fund. You're not putting that money into the company right off, right directly. Yeah, so interesting. Here are the yeah here are the main issues. One, as I mentioned, the management fees are high. And think of it this way: there's 500 large U.S. companies in the stock market, and thousands and thousands of other mid-size and small companies. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a team of people to screen out the companies that don't fit into whatever your criteria is, right? So that's sure. point number right. one. Yeah. And the returns tend to be lower anyway. The management fees alone make the profits lower, but also managers tend to pour money into popular stocks that don't necessarily have the best return prospects. And when the tide turns, many managers rush for the exits. So mm. we often talk about how hard it is, Mark, for active investment managers to what they call beat the market as a whole. Right. And over the past seven years, about like one in seven that pick individual stocks beat the market. Over 20 years, it's less than one in 20 that can outperform the index. So there's a 95% chance of doing worse over time by taking this approach. That's a big chance. Yeah, huge, right? So when we invest, we preach the idea of diversification, right? Not putting all your eggs in one basket. This approach we're talking about has been called by many critics de-worsification. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're doing the opposite and you end up with something that's worse. Yeah, I don't want to de-worsify, right? That's, no. that's pretty funny. How do the fund managers determine then, Don, what an ESG company is anyway? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, you really hit on a great point. So let's take a company that, that's been hot over the years. Not so much lately, but it has been over years. Tesla. I was right? going to say, yeah, it's Tesla. one. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. So huge popular company uh, with ESG-minded investors and managers uh, all, you know, over the past several years. Right. And, and the question is, is it really an environmentally and socially focused company? So let's think about this. Let's take this apart. The components in that car use a lot of rare earth minerals, right? Materials like lithium and cobalt. Mm -hmm. 
And the minerals are mined in Africa in horrible conditions by companies that are largely owned by the Chinese government that strip mine and rip apart the ground. And on top of that, the batteries weigh 2,000 pounds and they're not recyclable. Yeah. My wife is uh, an environmental safety and health specialist. And yeah, she is not a fan of a lot of the stuff and the the misunderstandings around a lot of this. So I I certainly get that point there. Uh, Very effective. And I don't think a lot of people obviously... We don't think that through carefully, right? If we see, oh, this is the hot thing. Everybody's doing this. Oh, electric cars, they should be better, for example, uh, for us. But they may not be to that point you just made. And on on top of that, Don, there's well, of course, their stock took a beating <laughs> this past year, too. So Yeah, I mean, it was down like 65%, 65, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, my point is whatever your issue is, it gets back to the question, what is an ESG-compliant company anyway? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so-called faith-based investing funds that don't invest in companies that sell alcohol or cigarettes or you know Hollywood studios, things right. like that. Weed companies, but they, right. Yeah. yeah, but they might invest maybe unknowingly in a, a trucking company that transports beer. Oh, true. Right? Yeah. And they, they don't even know, right? So it's almost impossible to find what you would call a pure company. But here's the thing. The, the fund managers know that if people think they're saving the world, <laughs> they're going to look past the high fees and the poor performance. Boy, isn't that the truth? I mean, even think about the mining of Bitcoin, right? It takes more electricity yeah. to mine for Bitcoin than, I mean, it's a massive amount of, it's ridiculous. If people really, truly understood it, than actual mining does, right? So it's pretty mind-boggling. So, all right, let's talk about the government aspect because it seems like the government's getting involved. It's all over the news this week. Uh, you know, Tom Biden may veto this, so on and so forth. What's going on there? All right, so this is, you know, it's all the news that you mentioned this week in particular. There's something called, and this is important that people really often don't know about, something called a fiduciary rule with investment managers. And it simply means that investment companies have to seek really whatever is in the best interest of the investor. And that typically means seeking the highest rate of risk-adjusted return for the consumer, right? Right. And you're a fiduciary. Yeah, I'm a fiduciary because I have to look into the interest of my my customers, my clients, above and beyond any other issue. Right. Okay. So these investment managers have to adhere to this standard. And getting back to the recent Vanguard news on the ESG that we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. the Vanguard CEO announced that they're withdrawing from this net zero initiative. And the CEO stated, our research indicates that ESG investing does not have any advantage over broad-based investing. Hmm. And I would add, based on the fees and lost opportunity cost, it's really detrimental. And think of it this way. If a 401k investor, Mark, saves $10,000 a year, right, in the 401k, mm-hmm. in an ESG fund that earns 2% less than a regular broad-based index fund over 30 years, that's over $300,000 mm. in less money in that person's 401k uh, plan. So it, it can have a really significant yeah. impact. I mean, those are big dollars, man. I mean, those are huge dollars. So, so what's the government doing, you know, from a regulatory standpoint, anything there? Yeah, this is where it gets kind of peculiar, Mark. It's interesting. Only this week, there's been bipartisan support in Washington by the Senate. When does that ever happen, by the way? really. Right. Bipartisan support. Think about that. In a Senate for a law that would roll back 
this Department of Labor ESG rule, this movement mm-hmm. that would allow investment managers to look past the fiduciary rule hmm. and allow for the ESG as a factor in investment decisions. That's a bit confusing. It doesn't sound doesn't sound like that's a good thing. So right off the bat, right, it's a little confusing. So one part of the government, the Senate, controlled by the Democratic Party, is creating a law, you know, creating this law to stop another part of the government, also controlled by the same party, to push this through. That seems a little. Am I getting that right? That's right. Think about this: we have money, we have big business, and we have Washington. I mean, isn't this like (laughs) lobbying one hundred and one? Yeah, it exactly is. You know, you, you look at this and you, there's a lot going on to kind of split up this pie and you know, people are looking like what's right for the investor, what's their perspective on this. Um, but here's what's interesting. There's a big anti ESG critic mm-hmm. who started his own money management company. He's gained a lot of popularity with his own fund. And you know what his next professional move is, Mark? Yeah, I'm scared to ask. He just announced he's running for president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> so we need to keep a sharp eye on all of this to see how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it sounds like there's a lot more to go. And as we were talking about the time we're taping this, I'm not sure that Biden is even compl- – I think they're just saying he's going to veto it. Uh, so I'm not even sure exactly you know, what, the, what the final resolution is. So we'll definitely come back and talk about this some more. Very interesting, very enlightening this week here on the podcast around this uh, ESG movement. And that's why, as always, if you need help, make sure you're talking with a qualified professional. As we mentioned, Don is a CPA and a CFP, a fiduciary, as we just talked about. And he's here to help you. So if you are not already working with him, get onto his calendar, have a conversation. Check him out online at donaldcash.com for a strategy session and conversation. That's donaldcash.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. That way you can catch new episodes when they come out and check out past episodes as well. And it's your money and your life. Just type that into the search box of whatever app you like using, or you can again find it at his website. We have a redirect over to the podcasting website as well. Find it all, donaldcash.com. My friend, thanks for shedding some light on this. I appreciate your time as always and look forward to learning more. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch you next time here on the podcast. This has been Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.